so excited to have an actual hero on our podcast, guys. Okay, a real hero. Um, he's actually deployed right now, so I'm very grateful for him to, you know, take this time and do this. You're literally like across oceans, so thank you so much. I'm very excited to have the very funny, literal hero, uh, Paul Landman, or our podcast. I saw him in open mics. I was like, oh my God, I got to get this guy on because he's the best person to really talk about Marine humor. And I really respect the, you know, military for protecting us, um, for, you know, allowing us to have freedom and liberty. So huge respects to that. Uh, so welcome, Paul. How are you doing? I'm swell. Thank you. And yourself? Yeah, doing great. So um, how did, why, I guess, yeah. How did you decide that, you know what, I'm going to listen to the Marines, Let's do this. Can you take us through uh, what, what got you started? Well, <clears throat> so I tried the whole college thing at first at 18. Mm-hmm. Went for like two years. I went to SUNY Albany in New York. And I dropped out. Like, my grades were shit. Mm-hmm. Like, my GPA was, pff, oh, man. My, I tanked my GPA. It was like one point something. It was bad. So, yeah, I did that for like two years. And then um, once I dropped out, like, I went through a breakup was trying to juggle a whole long distance relationship while I was in college. Mm-hmm. Bad decision on my part. Like wasn't really the best guy at that point, but anyway. Um, so yeah, did that. And I was like, all right, where the fuck am I going with my life right now? And so mm-hmm. I just got jobs working in restaurants, retail. Like I was a bus boy, food runner. Mm-hmm. I was a Chinese food deliver guy. I worked at Hollister. Mm-hmm. And then at one point I was having some family issues and, uh, mm-hmm. I was actually sleeping in the back of my car for like three months. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That was quite an adventure in itself, but I mean, just like the situation that led to that, I wish was different, but I mean, like it was still quite a hectic time in my life. And then I ended up moving back in with my dad. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was given the ultimatum either like you're going to college or you're going to work 40 hours a week if you're living here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, that's fine. So, I decided to do the work option and I wasn't really getting many hours at Hollister. Mm-hmm. And so I quit that. And um, I was just a transfer delivery guy at that point. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I need more income. So I became an Uber driver. Mm-hmm. That was a great fucking gig. I love that. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, I was an Uber driver, transfer delivery guy. And basically just uh, kept bouncing from job to job just cause like, I mean, at that point I just, I needed a job that required me to stand up more because all the sitting, I was starting to feel on my lower back and my legs. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then um, during that time, like, while I was, okay, so while I was homeless, actually, I uh, went on a little trip with some friends and I injured my leg, right? Wow. And, and ever since then, like, my leg was hurting and I was finding ways to rehabilitate it. Mm-hmm. And I was in a store, it was a Lululemon, I think, yeah. I was just walking around there because I never heard of it. And, um, mm-hmm. I discovered from overhearing a conversation about floating in a sensory deprivation tank. Like, have you heard of that? Yeah. It sounds crazy and scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like it sounds really terrifying, but I mean, you're actually in control of the whole experience the whole time. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, like I started doing that just to rehabilitate my leg and I just found a bunch of other benefits from doing it. And then, um, while I was in the float tank one day, like I just like, had this epiphany. I was like, yo, I need to do a little bit more of myself. Like I want to, you know, be more of service. And so I spoke to the owner of the float center, like, Hey, what can I do to like, you know, volunteer and like be of service more. And he recommended this company called ability beyond disability, which 
basically works for involves working for adults with developmental disabilities like down syndrome autism asperger's and uh i got in contact with some people who work there and uh yeah i got in contact with some of the people who work there Mm -hmm. and i volunteered at a group home for like two weeks and then while i was there one of the employees there was like hey man you should totally get a job here Mm-hmm. And so I applied for a job and I worked at another group home mm. for about 11 months, right? Mm-hmm. Love that job. And while I was there, one of my coworkers there, he actually was in the Nape for a few years, like way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I just got to know him, real great guy. And he was the one who kind of talked to me into wanting to join. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of weighed all my options and I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe join the military is not a bad option. So mm-hmm. I went online, went to the, uh, like went on the army website, National Guard, mm-hmm. Coast Guard, just because fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And then, yeah, exactly. Why the fuck not? <laughs> and I just filled out the forms of interest to, you know, to join, right? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, Marine Corps, like those dudes are tough. Like I could never, I could honestly never join them. But then I looked up their requirements and I found out that to enter boot camp, or excuse me, t- while you're in boot camp, mm-hmm. your three mile runtime has to be 28 minutes. And I was like, wait a minute, I could actually do that. So I said, fuck it, I'll put the form of interest in for the Marines as well. And lo and behold, the next day, I got a contact from the Marine recruiter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he was the only one who reached out to me directly. So I said, Mm -hmm. fuck it, let's see what this guy has to offer. And went in, dude was really cool, found out him and I had the same music taste and everything. And uh, he wasn't really coaxing me to join, he was just telling me what it was all about. And he was like, hey man, if you're interested, come back tomorrow. If not, then that's okay too. And mm-hmm. I went back and the rest is history. I love that. Wow. I I applaud you because I can't ever do a 28-minute mile. Uh, so congratulations on that. Uh, oh, so- don't worry. The drill instructors will get you in shape to do oh, that. <laughs> so, um, so now you're in the Marines. Like, Can you describe for somebody who's never been in the Marines, like, what is it actually like? Um, really, honestly, depends on your job. I mean – being an infantryman, it's like, I mean, like you wake up at like, like you wake up early, like formations at like 6.30, basically attendance is taken by your platoon sergeant. And then from there you PT for about like 45 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half for however long, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, you uh, like you basically shower, get changed in your camis, go to, go eat some food. Then you carry out the plan today, like whatever it is. Like some people have appointments to go to. Um, some people might have other sort of administrative tasks that they need to take care of. So basically it's like for some people, like they'll be doing their own thing. Like other times there might be some training that'll be going on. So people will be doing that, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then like sometimes there isn't always like a set schedule, of, like when you're getting off work. So like sometimes make it off like around like, three o'clock in the afternoon or maybe like 6 p.m. I mean, it varies depending on what's going on that day. Wow. So um, this is fascinating because I talked to somebody from the Navy. Oh, my God. Um, and I know your rivalry between like the Air Force and Navy and Marines. So like, what do you think the Marines find funny that other branches of the military may not or just general civilian population finds funny? Actually, it's more like Army, Navy, and Marine Corps against the Air Force. <laughs> oh, interesting. I've, Why is I'm that? fucking with you, but no. Um, oh, really? Oh. But no, I mean, well, it's I like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a brotherly rivalry between everybody. I mean, like, 
like the our navy brethren we call them squids like we're called jarheads we're told we eat crayons and that, that we're baby killers or some shit and like army like i don't know i don't know exactly like i mean i've heard more stereotypes about the marines than i have about the army mm-hmm. and as for the air force i heard like i mean mm-hmm. like oh it's like all fancy and shit but I mean, yeah, like the Air Force is definitely the most, I think the most paid branch of the military. Okay, I see. So what's your favorite Marine joke or like funny situation? Favorite Marine joke or funny situation? Um, I would say the, fun- I would say the craziest like thing is just how like often people joke about wanting to like get shot or like how often they want to like, <laughs> people joke about wanting to kill themselves. Like, before I joined, like, I heard some people close to me who'd make jokes, like, oh, kill me right now. Mm-hmm. Or, like, be like, oh, dude, I really want to do this or that. And I'm just like, dude, like, you know, you need help, man. But now that I'm in the Marine Corps <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> big mood. <But laughs> it's like, say, some other, like, stupid shit that would compliment it in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it's perfect for stand-up comedy because comedians talk about killing themselves all the time, too. Uh, don't do it, guys. Oh, yeah. uh, there's always... Yeah, don't, don't, just, don't do it. There's a... Uh, Help out there. <laughs> so, um, but seriously, guys, don't do it. Um, so, what do you think you should never joke about with a Marine? Never. I mean, honestly. What, like off limits? Um, yeah. I mean, I would say we, us, like, military people tend to usually have a darker sense of humor, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, honestly, anything goes. But I still, like, I'm a white guy. I will, like, I still feel weird, like, saying the n-word and sh- other shit like that like i will not say that shit mm-hmm. hello yeah hello can you can you hear me yeah can you hear me or what was the last thing you said sorry i was i guess couldn't know yeah no worries like like there's some people that like like i will not say the n-word i will not say, like i like even like Did a bunch of like, racial slurs and, yeah like racial slurs and shit like that it's like some people okay because i have a okay listeners uh if you have children cover their ears i have a bit on being a cunty chink but some people can take it but some people can't is that what you're explaining i'm trying to help you like i don't know i just hear like i just like casually hear some people like drops certain racial slurs and i'm just like how i mean like although although i will say this though like white slurs i think are absolutely hilarious so i will absolutely say those like honky cracker all that stuff you know mm, i see so okay interesting good that you say it i'm not gonna say it but like i i trapped <laughs> into this. this is my fault but i said cunty chink so sue me guys um so uh what was your okay why did you decide to do stand-up comedy and like what was your first open mic like well my first <clears throat> i started doing stand-up comedy because like even back in college i knew some people were like hey paul you're hilarious man you should totally try stand-up and i'm like <laughs> no i'm not doing it but then like one time I tried writing a joke about a time I took a karate class when I was younger and I told like one or two friends about it and they giggled, but didn't really land. And then oddly enough, um, oddly enough, a few years later, this was actually Christmas of 20. Yeah. Last Christmas, actually mm-hmm. my great aunt bought me a book 
called How to Be a Stand-Up Comedian by, by this dude named oh. Richard Belzer. Ooh. Should I read it? Do you recommend it? I'm going to write it down. Um, I've, I've skimmed through it a few times. I haven't really finished it or anything, but okay. I mean, okay. it's an interesting. So I feel less bad about not reading certain books. Great. Um, but okay. Okay. Sorry. Continue. I just got excited. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I just thought, huh, that's interesting that she thinks I should be a comedian. Like I never really, never really thought of myself of like, you know, being a stand up comedian. And then like, I have some, uh, I have some really close friends who are like, oh, Paul, you should totally do stand-up, man. You just tell your stories on stage. And I'm like, okay. And then one day after, we, after a training event, 29 Palms in May, we had a 96-hour liberty period. So basically, I didn't have to be – it was a Thursday, and I didn't have to be back at work until, like, I think it was Tuesday. And so I was like, huh, I'm really bored tonight. What should I do? Mm-hmm. And I typed in open mic comedy near me. Mm-hmm. and the first one I found was in uh, Riverside. Mm-hmm. And it was at this place called the Getaway Cafe. Mm-hmm. I think this dude named Aaron was, was hosting it. And yeah. yeah, and so I literally took, the, took an Uber to San Clemente and then took the train to Riverside. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, that's dedication, guys. Listen, guys, okay? Uh, this is why I like military dudes, because you guys are freaking committed and disciplined and amazing. So I just had a fangirl. <laughs> I could definitely improve my discipline in some regards, but... <laughs> but, um, but yeah, then after I did the mic, came back to... Literally took an Uber all the way from Riverside to uh, back to base just because no trains were running. Mm. Wow. And how was that? Experience? My wallet hurt me. <laughs> but like, well, like, okay, how was that experience? Like, how, what did you feel when you were, what, what emotions were going through your head? What were your jokes? Um, oh my God. I, so I got a couple of giggles here and there. I'll admit it was great. But I mean, like, so watching the other comedians perform, I was like, oh shit. Okay. This is pretty cool. I've like, this is my first, like my second time ever going to a stand-up comedy open mic. Oh wow. That's pretty yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the first time I went, I was just a, I was just a guest. But then this time, I, you know, asked to be a performer. I'm like, okay, all right, this mm-hmm. is cool. I'm actually about to get on stage again. Mm-hmm. And I noticed as it got closer and closer to my time, like my heart started pounding out of my chest. And I started getting really nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I think my palms started sweating a little bit. All that good jazz, right? And mm-hmm. it was it was cool because uh, at that mic, like every time the comedian walks up, they actually have a little sort of walkout music, right? Mm-hmm. And so eventually, when it came to my turn, the song you know, the song It's Going Down by Young Jock, that yep, one was like, right. Me, me, in the trap, it's going down. You know that one? Can you sing it again? Well, I will. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, in the trap, it's going down, make me in the ball. Oh, okay, it's going yeah. down. Okay, right. Yeah, I know that song. Okay. Yeah, they started playing that one. Your intro I'm, to like every stand up open. <laughs> That's yeah, like, your remember- Netflix special, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pray for you. To- you know what? I think, um, I think eventually <laughs> when I do get my own Netflix special, or if I'm ever headlining a club, I'll, uh, mm-hmm. I'll probably use that song just for sentimental oh, yeah. purposes. Oh yeah. And I, and I remember on my, like on my way up to the stage, like I started doing like a little, di- like a little walkout dance. It was like, it was wacky. Like I got some laughs here and there, but I realized while I was doing that, I totally forgot to shake the host's hand. And oh, I didn't realize until me too. I didn't realize until afterward. I was like, "Oh, oh. shit! I should have, <laughs> I should have shook his hand." And 
I've not been back to that mic since, but I feel like when I get back well, to the you States, didn't, I'll, uh, Like, you felt out of shame you didn't want to go? Because I, I feel like I forgot to shake the host's hand, like, when I left. But... Okay, never mind. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know, like, is that really that big of a deal or okay? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's a huge deal, but it was just, I mean, I shook his hand, like, like after my set, I shook his hand, but I didn't, like, I realized, like, on the way to the stage, I was like, oh, shit, I totally forgot to do it, but, yeah. So, because I've only been doing comedy for 37 days, guys, so, like, I don't know a lot of these things, so, um, okay, that makes sense then. Okay, noted uh, for comedian etiquette, guys, okay, so, um, what is like a day in the life of a Marine? So like take us through like whenever you guys wake up 3 a.m. or whatever in the morning to like when you hit the bed. Like what is a day like in the Marine's life? So like yeah, wake up, you got a formation where attendance is taken and you PT, like whatever PT is that day. Like sometimes it might be a run. Sometimes like you might put on your flak jacket and mm-hmm. boots and your cami trousers and basically like go for like like a log run or whatever it is and then like basically just run with like a log you you and your guys hold a log on your shoulder or um what else like i'm so scared already i I mean like if i would say for that you just gotta like be with people like who are around your height because otherwise like the log is like if you're people who are like way taller than you like depending on where you're standing like either you might get all the way or you might not feel any of it and it's like there's really no point for you to even stand on it or stand with it rather excuse me mm-hmm. and um so there's that and then you go back to your room you shower you change get food and like i say just care at the plan of the day like some people might have administrative tasks they have to take care of mm-hmm. like and then around like 11 o'clock to like 12 30 or one o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. um that's basically when you have a lunch break mm-hmm. and then after that like continue on whatever whatever the plan is like some administrative work or what some training whatever it might be hold on Mm -hmm. hold on a second as you're saying okay yeah just going through the the day of and then you said something about administrative paperwork um, not just like paperwork, it's just like oh, administrative stuff. So. I remember where things. Yes. Right. Hey, it's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, so, uh, who is your favorite comedian besides yourself and me? Ha! Uh, I see what you did there, Brad Williams. Who's Brad Williams? And you're he right. He's a dwarf. He is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> what does he joke about? Um, he almost all of his materials about his experiences just being a dwarf. And I saw him actually when he came to the Bray Improv like a couple months ago. And that man literally had me in stitches. Mm-hmm. I, I love him. I like, uh, you know, Brian Regan. No. Sorry. Is it, is, are these all like white people comics? Because like now I started to realize how ethnic my comedy taste is. But good. Okay. Sorry. What's, what does he do? I need to write it down. Um, Brian Regan. He's like, he's all all clean humor, all observational, shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, Brad Williams, Brian Regan, I like um, Jim Brewer, he's funny. Um, Russell Peters, you know who Russell Peters is? 
Dude, I did an interview. I'm one degree connection away from him because, like, I did I did an interview with uh, Rajiv on how to be a funny Indian, and Russell actually opened for him as at his wedding. Isn't oh no crazy? shit! Right. So yeah, I only know one ethnic comedian out of all the comedians I use. But I really need to study why comics, though. Seriously, thank you. Um, sorry. Yes, continue. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love, I love those guys. Um, this other dude I just recently discovered. His name is Mark Normand. Mm, okay, I'm just writing all these things down. This yeah, is for this is for my selfish purposes, really, Paul. Like I'm I'm not even interviewing you just to like get who you like. Okay, so um, <laughs> what what is like the military ranking system like? like um. So yeah. So in the Marine Corps, it goes from uh basically recruit when you're in boot camp and then once you're actually make it as a marine unless you're uh like unless you are a contract private first class you'll just be a private which is e1 like enlisted one like first enlist rank whatever the fuck you want to call it and then next is e2 which is private first class and then e3 is lance corporal which mm-hmm. yeah or lance criminal as we like to be called or Lance Cooley or <laughs> PFC also means perfect for cleaning. But uh, then E4 is a non E4 to E5 are non commissioned officer ranks. So basically, E4 is a corporal, and then E5 is a sergeant. Mm-hmm. Then E6 and up, that's a staff non commissioned officer rank. So it's that's a E6 is staff sergeant. Mm-hmm. E7 is gunnery sergeant, which you seen the movie Full Metal Jacket? No. Sad, right? Okay. right? I don't know any of these things. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, like, the, the drill instructor... Keep it like, our, easy <laughs> for, for the lady, please. I'm a little girl. I don't know anything about... So. Sorry, keep going. Keep going. You're good. But yeah, like, um, the drill instructor in the movie Full Metal Jacket, played by Arlie Ermey, he was a gunny, gunnery sergeant. And um, then E8... E8 swings both ways. It could either be a master sergeant where basically you stay in your, you stay in your job or your MOS as they put it, mm-hmm. or you could go the other route, which is a first sergeant, which is like, I would say deals with more like administrative work. And like, I think I'll say, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Like how different well, per se the first sergeant, master sergeant or so. Okay, yeah. I don't know half the things you're talking about anyways, but I think it'll be helpful for somebody else to kind of like just thank you. I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about that. So, don't worry about <laughs> yeah, so what are your favorite things to talk about and like how do you come up with your material? So, that's actually funny you mention that because I was just talking to some of my buddies about this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, I fucking love dad jokes. I, as a matter of fact, like I used to hate dad jokes. My dad used to make them all the time. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, fuck you, dad. Oh, my God, that's not funny. But now I'm like, <laughs> that's hilarious. But mm-hmm. so I just come up with dad jokes. I love, like, you know, double entendres, just, like, wordplay. Mm-hmm. Like, and <clears throat> there's this other comedian I kind of want to give a shout-out to him. Is, uh, or, there are two dudes, actually, Daryush and uh, Kanon. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I heard them make some dad jokes, and I was like, yo, that shit's actually fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're hilarious. They're really good as a duo. Like, I hope they do more duo stuff. Kenon was on the podcast, too. So, sweet. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, um, and I remember, like, I think it was actually when Darius made a joke about tostadas that uh, I'm not going to tell the joke because it's not as funny. 
if I say it. Unless like, she says it. But um, yeah. But like, like after I heard his tostadas joke, made me laugh way harder than I expected, and so I was like, "Yo, I gotta start doing more dad jokes." Like, so. right? Okay. Yeah, and um, but however, though, as as of late, I feel like what I want to start doing more is just do more storytelling. Because mm. I just yeah, I can't like even, you're I even just, you are yeah. Like I just feel whenever I tell more personal stories on stage, mm-hmm. like I feel even in my body, like I just feel way more relaxed and like, mm-hmm. I, like sometimes when I tell the like all the dad jokes, like I feel kind of robotic. And so I'm thinking, like I have some weird, weird stories about my life, like outside the military, mm-hmm. that people might think like, oh wow, this dude's fucking weird or this dude's fucking crazy, but I think it's hilarious. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. So, um, how do you deal with bombing and just uh, rejection in general? Um, so, bombing, like, I, well, I think one of the best things I, like, one of the best things I think to do in that situation, which kind of works for me, is uh, I try to just acknowledge that I'm bombing. Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I got cut off for a second. Yeah. Yeah, you but yeah, like, um, I usually just try to acknowledge that I'm bombing. Be like, oh, shit, wow, I just bombed her. I'll be like, wow, that fucking sucked. Or I'll be like, ooh, crickets, that did not go as well as I planned, you know? <laughs> and, um, like, I remember the first the first time I ever really bombed, which, funny enough, was at the Carmen Bar. It was my third open mic ever. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was on a Sunday night. So on Sundays, they do not just comedy, but they do music that might do poetry it's just mm-hmm. basically a mixed mic all around right mm-hmm. and i remember like i made a couple jokes that like one of them was about how like how if you painted me green i look like mike wazowski and i remember that got some good laughs <laughs> but then like then i just started making some jokes that like were not landing well and i noticed that i noticed that in the crowd is a lot more older people right like dudes who are like 60 70 years old mm-hmm. and I tried acknowledging the crowd and I shit. I was like, Oh, so we got a bit of an older crowd here tonight. And I swear to God, I heard someone go, Hey, uh, and I was, and I was saying myself, uh, Oh, you're like, you're so young though. I don't even blame you for it, but I can see why they reacted that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I swear, and right as the person was like, Hey, I was like, Oh fuck, this is not good. Abort, abort, abort. Do you just <laughs> tell them to shut the fuck up? Like I do. Cause I just do that. You know what? Oh man. You know, some people have been like, Lamin, you just on stage, you just gotta be mean. Like just target someone in the crowd. Just go yeah, all out. I, like I have no problems with it. Cause I guess because like a five foot tall, like I feel like I can get away with certain things. And I feel like because of that, I can do more. And like, you're actually a Marine. So you have self-respect and I don't have that. So, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, sorry. I mean, I've, no, it's all right. I mean, I've I've always been in the position of being the roastee and not as much the roaster. So mm-hmm. like, so, so it's kind of weird, like how when I've tried coming up with roast for people, I'm like, oh shit, like I don't want to be too mean, or I don't want to like, you know, like, like. Wow, my mind's going completely blank right now. But yeah, like um, okay. yeah, I'm so used to being roasted and not as much being the roaster. But it you know what I mean. A- it takes like a lot of good character to be able to take a roast and actually you actually learn more from the roast right because it's like 
I feel like comedy is all about premise, right? So if you know what people judge you on, then you can be a better comic because you know their premise, right? Because the thing is, like, I feel like I'm still figuring out what people look at me as. Like, did he just call me, like, a narcissist? Um, what's it called? Something selfish narcissist or something in, like, the group or something. And that's interesting to me because, like, oh, that's how you guys see me, right? And, like, in another place, like, fathers, they may see me as, like, somebody who escaped from a massage parlor, right? And then, like, <laughs> different, right? But, like, did you just fart? No, just <laughs> you know the noise you make out of your mouth when you're laughing. Like, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. So, congratulations for doing that. That's really great. Um, so, can you tell us like what you wish civilians would know about the Marines? Um, like we are honestly, we're people too. I would say, you know, I mean, like. I would say depending on the individual Marine or military member that you're speaking to, I mean, just like, like, I mean, it really depends on who you're speaking to. Cause I mean, I've never been a combat. I've like, mm-hmm. like I'm not dealing with like some of the shit that like some of the older vets are. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I would say in that case, just like when it comes to talking to a vet, don't really like, don't try to pry too much like let them do it when they're ready mm-hmm. um i'd also mm-hmm. okay right. but yeah i would say um okay that's i'd also yeah. I'd, I'd also suggest maybe uh hmm. yeah just feels like normal people and um that's about it. <laughs> okay, great. So, uh, why do you think the Marines are the best branch of the Army? Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> so. oh, oh, that's another thing. Uh, Marines are Marines. <laughs> like, like, like some people say, oh, soldiers, sailors. No, like, just it's Marine. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, listen, I hate to cut you short, but I just found out I have to go. Okay, no worries. But thank you so much. Follow him on Instagram, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right, Lee, thank you so much. No problem. Take care. Peace out. All right, guys. So if you would like to uh, follow Paul, um, you can check out his Instagram at Paul Landman. uh, So P-A-U-L-L-A-N-D-M-A-N. And how appropriate that he left duty so let's salute this amazing marine and uh follow him on instagram and thank you for listening